Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. And I'm going to go over some things. It's, it's real important. We know that we're still in this pandemic I believe we're coming toward the end of it, so we have a lot to celebrate. But I'm going to move through some slides. I want to lay the foundation. We're talking about the COVID vaccine. And I want you to make an informed decision about getting the vaccine. Nobody can make you do it, but I believe that you're going to hear some things tonight that are going to help you make that final decision. First slide. Next. So I wanted to lay a foundation. I want you all to understand why it is so important that we get vaccinated. Understand that even two days ago, there were 88,000 new cases of COVID. And in this country, we've seen almost a half a million people die. And I'm going to tell you, about 50,000 of those people who have died are African-Americans. Next. This gives you an idea of the fact that we, as people of color, die from this disease three, at least three times as much. So I want you to understand the gravity of it. It's not as if we can compare ourselves to the majority. They die as well, and I'm not trying to minimize anybody's disease and death, but we need to be aware of the fact that as people of color, we're going to die and have more severe disease than, than white people do. Next slide. And again, not just African Americans, but indigenous people, Indians, Pacific Islanders, Latinos, all of us have worse disease. All of us die more frequently of COVID. Next. This is encouragement. This is a slide, a graph, reflecting what's going on in Kansas City. And we can see that the cases are beginning to plateau and decrease. So we're really excited about that, but we cannot let our guards down. We cannot let our guard down. We pray that the results of Super Bowl weekend won't cause this curve to go up. But right now, we are moving in the right direction. And we believe this is because people are taking heed to to the um, masking and doing the things that we ask of them. Next slide. So why is the COVID-19 vaccine so important? Well, I've laid down a couple of reasons, because when we get it as African-Americans, we are definitely sicker and we die more. But why is it so important? Next. Because we're after something. And you've heard the term herd immunity. You've, You've heard that a lot. And I want to say that Herd immunity in and of itself is not a bad thing. Herd immunity just means that enough people gain immunity to the vaccine that people are not getting so sick and dying. The difference is, how do you get to herd immunity? So all of us at some point are susceptible to the infection. The safest way to get herd immunity in this country, which is going to take about 80% of Americans getting the vaccine, the safest way to get to herd immunity is with a vaccine that causes your body to produce antibodies so that at some point you are immune. 
The only other option, and you've heard people say this, oh, just let everybody get it. Let everybody get it. Let them get the infection. Let them get their antibodies, and we'll eventually get to herd immunity. The problem is many people are going to die if that's the route. So vaccinating is a route from being susceptible to being immune in a more orderly way that's safer without death. Next slide. So I want you to just, just know that what we are after with these vaccines is the, that spike protein, those red little fuzzies that are on the surface of the virus, that's what attaches to our cells. That's what ultimately causes infection. And the vaccines that are currently available and those that are upcoming are actually utilizing that spike protein so that when our body receives that spike protein in the form of a vaccine, our immune system will, will recognize it, take care of it before those viruses can connect with our cells. Next. This is a little bit hard to see, but I want you to understand that we are after, with these vaccines, we're, act, we're after long-term immunity. We want to be immune from this virus. And when we get the vaccine, when, when that comes into our body, it really trains our immune system so that when and if we're ever exposed to the, the real virus, our immune system will recognize it and would have already built immunity to it, okay? And that involves, the immune system is so, oh my God, it's so like God, so intricate, so detailed. He was not playing with the immune system because he knew that it would protect us. So we literally, with this vaccine, we are after one thing. We're after your body, my body, getting immune to the, the virus. So if we're exposed, we don't get sick, or certainly not as sick as if we did not have a vaccine. Next slide. So here's the thing. A lot of people, the question I get a lot is, well, Dr. Stanley, you know, they're, they're injecting something in us. They're, they're giving us the virus. Aren't we going to get infected from the vaccine? So I want to talk about the two, and I'm only going to talk about the two vaccines that are currently available, that currently have emergency use authorization. And you've heard Pfizer and you've heard Moderna. Those are the two vaccines currently available. And they are both using a technology called mRNA. It's a genetic vaccine technology, never been used before for vaccines. And that bothers some people. But let me tell you what it involves. The, the first thing I want you to understand is it does not involve you getting the virus. You are not going to receive the whole virus. What you're going to get with an mRNA vaccine is you're going to get that portion of the genetic coding for the spike protein. That's all you're getting. You're not getting the whole virus. And, and, you know, believe it or not, some of the old vaccines that we've gotten in the past involved the whole virus. And we certainly, we didn't squawk about that. But you're not getting the whole virus. You're just getting the mRNA. And mRNA, I liken it to a recipe. So when your body takes the mRNA in the vaccine, it's, it tells your cells, it goes into your cell, not in your nucleus. It does not go into the nucleus of your cell. That's where DNA is. So you don't have to worry about this, this vaccine affecting your DNA. It just stays in what we call the cytoplasm. Once the mRNA gets into your cell, there is a structure called a ribosome 
that takes that recipe, that piece of mRNA, and produces the spike protein. So it's not producing the whole virus. It's producing the spike protein. So when your body produces that spike protein, your immune system says, whoa, wait, that doesn't belong here. And so it does what God intended it to, to do. It goes into action. Your body produces antibodies. Your T killer cells go into motion. And that's what ultimately protects us. Next slide. And this slide is simply another way to look at it. Everything that I just explained to you. The ultimate result, when, when you get the vaccine, the ultimate result is your immune system recognizes it, produces antibodies that are going to neutralize any future attempt to infect you, and you'll have protective long-term immunity is our hope. Next slide. So a lot of people right now are trying to decide, which one am I going to get? Am I going to get Pfizer? Am I going to get Moderna? Which one do I want? And they're comparing them. I want you to understand they're both very similar. They're both mRNA vaccines. The biggest dif difference, and both of them have emergency use authorization. The biggest difference is Pfizer has to be kept at very cold temperatures, sub-zero temperatures. So it's a little more difficult to store. Um, Moderna can be stored in a regular freezer that's readily available in both hospitals and clinics. With Pfizer, you take first injection, second injection is 21 days later. Moderna, first injection, second injection is 28 days later. And the only other difference is that Pfizer, in their tri clinical trials, they included people as young as 16. So Pfizer can be given to people 16 and up, Moderna, 18 and up. So there really isn't a great deal of difference. And I tell people, don't miss an opportunity to get a vaccine because, oh, I think I want Moderna and this location is doing Pfizer. Don't do that. They're not different enough for you to lose that opportunity to get that vaccination. Next. So I want to talk a little bit about this. There are, and I don't even like the word adverse reactions, because here's what a lot of people, they, they feel like if they get the vaccine, something bad's going to happen to them. What we're finding is after the first vaccine, after the first dose of either Pfizer or Moderna, most people just have a little bit of arm soreness where they receive the injection, not much after the first injection. It's after the second injection that most people have more of what we call systemic symptoms. And that can be fatigue and headache and chills and joint pain and fever, almost like you have the flu. That can, and if it is going to happen, because it doesn't happen with everybody, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen after that second uh, injection and generally in people who are 65 and older. So I can attest to that. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm a card-carrying, fully immunized COVID Moderna vaccine recipient, and I'm proud of it. But I can tell you, after that second injection, it was nothing nice. But you know what? You know what that is? That's not adverse. That doesn't mean something's wrong. We call that immune response symptoms. Don't call it a side effect. Call it an immune response symptoms because it's a, what it is, it's a reflection of your body doing what it's supposed to do. Do you hear me? 
So when I woke up 12 hours after that second injection, chill, fever, one hummus, 101, body aches, headache, I was like, oh, oh my God. But yes, I've got an immune response. And I know that sounds corny, but literally. It's almost like you want that because you know that means that you have received and your body is working on your behalf. But these things can happen. Don't let it keep you from having um, that vaccine. And they are. It's, it's expected. It's short-term. It's what we call immunogenic. Next slide. So once you have had your two doses of vaccine, once you've decided, you cannot take your mask off. You can't start hanging out with your buds. You can't resume the normal life. You cannot do that. You have to continue to mask and social distance, wash your hands, you know, keep yourself from people who are at high risk. You say, well, what's the point, Dr. Stanley? And the reason you have to do that is because what we are not sure of quite yet is whether even after your immunization, you can still get an exposure and get infected. Those viruses can still be in your nose. So even though your body knows how to fight it off, you could get in someone else's presence without a mask and literally infect them, and you're fine, no symptoms. At some point, we'll be able to come off with the mask, but that's what, when we talk about herd immunity, we have to get enough people getting the vaccine before we can just take stuff off and, and go back to so-called normal. Next. And there are still some things that aren't clear quite yet. What we don't know, but clinical trials are underway, we don't know whether the vaccine is effective and safe for children less than 16. We don't know how long the vaccine protects. We don't know whether we'll have to get an annual COVID vaccine like we're supposed to do flu. We're not completely clear about the safety and effectiveness in pregnant and breastfeeding women. However, ACOG and some of the organizations that, that send out mandates to OBGYNs are really encouraging them to have their pregnant patients and breastfeeding women get the vaccine. And the big question mark is we're not quite sure how effective these vaccines are going to be with the variants you keep hearing about. Next slide. And, you know, some people get kind of confused. They say, well, I got the vaccine, but then I got sick. So there is a time frame. You know, it takes a few weeks. So after your first injection, it takes a couple of weeks to mount enough immunity. You could potentially get infected before your body really builds the immunity. So you still have to be, you, you, you cannot let your guard down. You still have to acknowledge, and I'm not just talking about the 12 to 24 hour immune response symptoms, but if you start, you get your injection within a week or two, you're starting to have symptoms that are persistent, you need to go ahead and get tested. The vaccine does not cause a positive test result. So the vaccine is not going to make you have a positive PCR nasal swab test, okay? If you have a positive test, that means you are really infected. Next slide. So here's where I really wanted to get. We're going to have time for questions. Here's where I want to get. So in the Missouri area, and I know people are watching from all over the country and all over, um, all over the world, really, but in this state, in Missouri, 
the rollout is underway. So people are getting immunized, right? They're getting their vaccination. Phase 1A is, I don't want to say over, but I believe they've, they've accomplished a great deal with phase one, which is doctors and paramedics and so on. So now in the state of Missouri, certainly in Kansas City, we are in what's called phase 1B. And that has different tiers, T-I-E-R-S. So just knowing exactly where you are in this rollout is extremely important. Next slide. So again, Missouri is currently vaccinating phase 1A, phase 1B, tier 1, and phase 1B, tier 2. And let's go on to the next slide so you can see who the, who, who the people are in these phase 1B different tiers. So you can see phase 1B, tier 1, are first responders and emergency services. And you can look at that list of people who are considered 1B, tier 1. The phase 1B tier 2 are the people that I have the greatest heart and concern for. Not that I'm not concerned about everybody, but that's the 65 and older. And that's people who have a, uh, chronic diseases like cancer and kidney disease and COPD and heart condition. Honestly, my heart goes out and I want to make sure the people in this tier can access vaccine because these are the conditions that tend to occur disproportionately in African-Americans. And again, hear my heart, I want everybody to have the vaccine. It's not as if I'm worried about one more than the other. The reality is, however, that people of color, African-Americans, get sicker and they die more frequently, more often from COVID. So if you are phase 1B, tier 2, if you recognize yourself anywhere on this slide, now is the time to get your name on some list. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how to do that because it's not as straightforward as it should be. But, it, but I don't want people, particularly people of color, to fall behind because they can't figure out the system. It is extremely confusing, but, but there is a way. Next slide. So here's what I tell people. If you're trying to figure out how do I access the vaccine, I'm in this phase. I need to get this vaccine. I'm ready to get it. I want you to look first at your existing relationships, okay? Look at your, at your existing relationships, whether that's primary care specialist who sends you to KU or so look Look in that, I would reach out to my primary care doctor's office, get them involved, see if they have any recommendations. But I can tell you, places like KU, as long as your name is in their system, they'll allow you to come there and get a vaccine. So take advantage of existing relationships. Also take advantage of employment relationships. So if you are, um, if you work in some healthcare system and they are providing vaccine to all of their staff, that may be an opportunity, find out. And then thirdly, every health department in every county knows how to get you connected to vaccine. Now here's a challenge you all, and I want you to be eager, I want you to seek after the vaccine, but just know supply and demand right now is not um, as good as it's going to be. So there's a lot of demand. Supply is a little off, but it's going to get better. So the first access to vaccine, if you are 
on, um, if you are a patient with one of the federally qualified health centers, like Samuel Rogers Health Center, Swope Park Health Center, um, you get services at the health department. That could be an access point for you to get your vaccine. Next slide. And then if you, I don't know, take your camera out, take a picture of the screen, but these are actually links. Now come Friday, Walmart and Sam's Club is gonna be providing vaccine. These are links. Assign somebody in your household to be all over it, because if you're working, you can't be all over it. Find somebody to be all over that, because come Friday, they're in the federal program, and they're going to get vaccine. And then in Missouri, this website is tremendous, covidvaccine.mo.gov. Oh, my. Loaded with information. You can actually register on there. Get your name in the list or on a list. You won't get an appointment. But you want to get on as many lists as you can, frankly. And then Dillon's, which is not in the, in the Kansas City area, but it is in Kansas, that's, that's another place for the Topekans or Kansans. Dillon's is going to be providing vaccine. And then KansasVaccine.gov is another source. Next slide, and this is going to be the last slide. What I want to show you on here is we have to keep our eye on equity, how these vaccines are being given, who's getting the vaccine. And I'm not saying that you have to do that, but I take, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stand in the gap. I'm going to be watching these numbers closely and asking questions. Because you can see, even though the numbers are pretty small, if you look at the very bottom, the populations that have been vaccinated by race, you can see black African-Americans, and this is Kansas City area, in Missouri, excuse me, 2.6%, only 2.6% of African-Americans have been vaccinated. And we know that's not a reflection of our population in this state. So uh, next slide. And finally, you don't have to look at the fine point here, but you can believe that there is a process there's a process that needs to be in place in every city and state that is transparent, that is data-driven, that is equitable, and there are a lot of eyes on this. So just know um, we will not, we will not allow people to fall behind and the people who need it are dying the most of COVID to, to be lost in the shuffle. It cannot be, it cannot be that. So on that note, I'm ready to take some questions because I know you have questions and I want you to leave tonight at least having the information, the facts, so you can make an informed decision. That's a good question. So if you've had COVID, you still need to get the vaccine. What we recommend is that you make sure you wait until you're asymptomatic. Wait until your symptoms are gone, and then you can get the vaccine. There are some people who say, because when you have COVID, your body produces that immune, immunity. So it's not as urgent that you get the vaccine, because we believe that your infection-derived um, antibodies last about 90 days. But you should still get the vaccine, but wait until you are asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they recommend, I believe, two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. The question was, if you've recently had the flu shot, should you wait? Yes, you should wait at least two weeks.
Well, what medicines or vitamins should you have on hand if you're planning to be vaccinated? Well, here's the thing. You should be on, um, we're a year into this pandemic, everybody should be on an array of vitamins. Um, vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D, I wish I had time. Vitamin D, definitely 5,000 IU. Um, vitamin C, two to 4,000 milligrams daily. Um, and then there's zinc, I'd say 20 milligrams daily. Now that doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the vaccine, but these are things, these are supplements and nutrients that actually support your immune system. And most of you all know, anybody who follows me on uh, Facebook, you know that I've had the immune rescue kit. This is actually for exposure or if you are diagnosed positive. And this is four days, four days of high dose vitamin D, C, A, and iodine. So that's still available because we're not out of the pandemic. But we should all be on a daily immune support regimen. D, D, D. If you're not on D, D, D. I can't tell you 5,000 IU because we know now from studies that people who get sick and die from COVID generally have vitamin D levels less than 20. They, there's so much information that has come out of this pandemic. But D and COVID severity and death, definite association. What's the youngest I would advise to have a child get their uh, a parent get their child immunized? Well, again, we don't have studies. We cannot even recommend anything less than 16 for Pfizer, 18 for Moderna. Stay tuned. They are already doing studies with children, so I suspect in the next four to six months we'll have some information about safety for children. So how soon um, after surgery can you get the vaccine? You know, there's not a lot of information that speaks to that. Um, I did notice that at MD Anderson, which is a cancer hospital, and they do a lot of surgery there, they did not want their patients to be immunized uh, earlier than two weeks after surgery. So, but other than that, I couldn't find any recommendations about immunization around surgery. Is that it? Was that the question? And I don't know whether there's any way to get live questions. Um, so if you still have a question, just go ahead and enter it um, like you would a comment as we are uh, in this service. Um, so let me, let me, you know, I'm talking about COVID and we associate COVID with death. But I, I see life in what is happening now around this vaccine. And, and you know, we all want to live. We all want to get back to a life that was normal, we would say. But you know, the worst thing that could happen to us at this time during this pandemic is that we lose sight of the only person that can give us life. And that's, that's Jesus Christ. And I can't even imagine what it's like to be in the midst of this pandemic and not know Jesus. He literally gave his life for us so that we can live. Wow, what an amazing message. 
Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.